Hello everybody and welcome to The Art of Surrender. This is episode 17 of the podcast. We now have been publishing episodes for about for about six months and so I thought it'd be good to go back to the start. The first episode of the podcast was with Jamil Havaka of Sustainable Jiu-Jitsu, who's a brown belt. Hey. And um, I thought it's probably a good time to do another one with him. Yeah. Um, so here we are. Oh, hey. Hey, guys. So, um, yeah, yeah, I did the first podcast with Brad many months ago. Um, that was sweet. And uh, I thought we might just catch up on what's been happening since we did the last podcast. Yeah. Um, so when we first did the podcast, I was doing these outdoor open mats. That's right. For charity. Um, I did three really, really good ones. Two at um, the foreshore near the beaches and one at the Perth foreshore that overlooked the city. But then, of course, Corona happened. Yeah. So that um, that crushed that project for a while, <laughs> and uh, obviously I haven't been able to do it ever since. But since then, I've focused all my um, my passions and my energy in doing um, like uh, guest move of the weeks and mini interviews with different um, instructors and coaches and black belts from Perth. So I've done two so far, and I've got another two lined up this coming weekend. So kind of like um like a BJ fanatics with Bernardo Faria slash um, Booty Jake rolled up kind of thing where I go to different gyms, interview the coach, get a, learn some cool moves off them, get them to um do it on video, and then just have a cool chat about their journey, about their coaching style, about their school and um their philosophy of jiu-jitsu as well. And that's really really cool. People in Perth love that, especially when it's um uh you know their own head coaches and it gets to show the broad range of the the scene in Perth and you know it's really really cool mm. so that's well, the latest project last one you did US, UFC gym Belcatta um, kind of so he, that was with Wes he trains mainly out of UFC gym Belcatta but he also coaches out of uh, this new gym called um, The Set in Marmion a really nice coastal gym um, beaches five minutes away so did a cool little chat with Wes and um, got some good, good topics because he's like a um, owns, own, owns his own business, got four kids, one on the way, and trains full time. So I've got to do a good interview of how he balances that lifestyle out, mm. and that was really, really and cool. I think I saw that. And Wes is someone I've been chatting to and, and want to have on the podcast, yeah. Uh, and he, I think he said something along the lines of basically he's got a supportive wife. And I was oh, like, that's true, that's true. I was like, okay, well, that, that that's that's actually a very good answer because he, you yeah. know, because I was like, yeah, if as long as the wife's happy. I can do the things that I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. Happy life, happy life. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you're single, you've got no worries, you can just do whatever. But, you know, if you don't have a supportive wife, then it's a bit hard to do, to pursue your, your projects and your passions. Yeah. But luckily for, for Wes, um, uh, he's the opposite of that. So he, he's got plenty of time to juggle a lot of to things. To do the things he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think, was it, I've seen you a bunch in the time... Well, I've seen you a bunch since we did our podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, through training, I've come to your place. Like, yeah. just catching up, you know. Obviously, we're both just keen, keen beans, want to train. Of course. Um, I did attend the turtle seminar, mm. attacking and defending the turtle up at Free Rollers down in Port Kennedy. Yeah, thanks for that. And that was um, that was really good. Oh, thanks. The, I, I, yeah, no, and I, I, I liked the fact that I'd seen some stuff that James uh, Woodfield-Jones, who there's some episodes with him already on the podcast... Yeah. I've seen some some of his stuff on YouTube and maybe even in a class when I went with Mark once. Yeah. And he was showing like clips and grips. Yeah. And then I when I went to the turtle seminar, you were using those same clips but in a different way to do the turtle yeah. stuff. And yeah. I was like, ah, they, it's good to see train with people and see the influences from their coach yeah. in their game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for for listeners out there, 
if you don't understand what we mean by clips and grips, a clip or a grip is basically just, um, it's kind of like an overhook. Let's say I'm person's in my guard, he puts his hands on my chest, all I'm doing is wrapping my forearm around his hand and literally just clamping it down onto me. And that's what we mean by clips and grips. And that's a cool way you can um, position your hands where you're defending or attacking. And uh, it's something that isn't too covered um, as much, but it's a cool little um, tool you can use when you're rolling is how to clamp a person's hands or their forearms onto your own forearms when you're rolling just to secure them in place to get a good position. Basically forcing them to attach to you. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then it's a good thing how you mentioned that um, about how the influence of, of James' coaching has influenced my coaching. I was having a good chat with a guy the other day about that. Um, I was rolling with a dude and he did this move and I was like, oh, that's such an arrow move. Aaron showed you that, didn't he? Because you'll notice, you'll always know who trains where because the influence of their coach or their school will rub off on their student. Because mm. some schools, some coaches, they have a specific style where they do this guard really well or they, they do this kind of like submission chain really well and that will always pass along and trickle down the vine to the students mm. and so forth and so forth. And uh, that's quite common because always, if you're training at one place, your, your moves will be based off that coach. Yeah. So and, it, and whether, makes sense. And whether that, I mean, obviously they, they teach their techniques from their perspective, so that's part of it. But I think there's also like, every everyone everybody will accept this one. Yeah. I think it's partly a little bit of bias. Yeah. Like individual people have their preferences oh, yeah. and they're biased in yeah. that way. So, yeah, of course. So, and if you're training at a gym and you're obviously following your coach and that, yeah. you're probably going to be biased yeah. down the path they like. Yeah. If you go to a gym that's all about the leg locks, you're probably going to be all about the leg locks. Yeah, of course. Like Everyone's going to be biased to their coach and their professor and their school, and that's and that's normal. Yeah. It's like in like, primary school, when you're in Faction Carnival, it's like, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my faction's the best. Mine was well, Earth. Well, well, Earth. Oh, yeah, I was, I was in Blue Faction. Whether it's the best or not, you still, you still support yeah. that's where you are. Um, but tag along to that, you know, we will, everyone will have... Um, similarities to their coach but it's always good to like change it up to make it work for them because mm. my coach James he's like 95 kilos really heavy really wide shoulders um, really wide and I'm like not so I have to adjust <laughs> things to make it work for my body size <laughs> and I'm like not yeah 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 because this, this is the crazy thing that a lot of people can understand is a 95 kilo guy's top, top game pressure is got, always going to be different to a guy who's like 50 kilos so I have to make adjustments to my game to make myself heavy like my coach mm. so i have to make my 65 kilos work for my 65 kilo frame because mm. um because i can't do things that a nine or five kilo or a six foot person can do i have to make it adjust for me so there'll be similarities but there'll be maybe one or two little small details that i'll change just to make it work for my size mm. like for instance the way that a tall person will do triangles will be a lot different to way to the way a shorter person will do triangles because mm. the, the leg difference, you know. Um, Even like, just their natural ability to be good at them. Yeah, because a tall guy, long legs, they can just snap them on instantly. But a shorter guy, because they've got shorter legs and they're doing it against a person who, let's say, has got wide shoulders, he might have to make small little adjustments to get that tighter um, lock on them. Mm. So there's always a little adjustments for each frame here and there, but always take the main base principle from your coach or from your style and just make sure you make it your own and make it work for your body and your frame. Mm. But that and that all comes with um, just time on the mats. Yeah, time and experimenting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, what you said? What have you got coming up this weekend? Um, so I'm doing a guest move of the week and a mini interview with two gyms. Both of them are north of the river. Yeah. So um, yeah, that I'm really excited for that. You wanna? 
Uh, say say who it is yet, or are you can keep oh, that so, to yourself. So, so tonight is going to be at C2 Martial Arts with Ricky Cruz, or his Filipino name, Crimson Cruz. I'm going to go there tonight. And the one on the weekend, that's still confirmed, because I don't know if I'm working that day yet. So yeah. I'll have to confirm that one, because I might be working that day, so I might not be able to do it. But tonight I'm going to go to his, um, Ricky Cruz's gym at C2 Martial Arts in Ocean Reef. I'm going to do a move of the week with him. He's going to show me some of the moves that he's been working on, and then I'm going to have a cool little chat to him about his journey with Jiu-Jitsu and Martial Arts, and um, his is for overall yeah. coaching in life here in Perth, Australia. Are you are you finding um, opportunities to roll every time you meet up with people? Oh, for sure. And the cool thing about it, like as we were talking before, um, it's so cool to see different styles at each gym that you go to. Mm. So one gym like will will be really good at this kind of thing, and some gyms will be good at this kind of thing. Like when I go see my friend Brenton up in Ellenbrook, El- oh, Northside, yeah. I always like to roll with him and his crew because they just love barambolos and back takes. Yeah. And for me, I'm not really a barambolo kind of player, but I, I love rolling Brenton because I get to um, play my defense against barambolos and he gets to show me a few things how he how he does his setups. Yeah. Even in my first move of the week, he did like a cool little back take. That was kind of like a barambolo, but, but it was like a back take from double unders. So... Like I said, each, each person in each school always had their own cool style to offer. And the more you roll and travel, you get to like um, brush up on those little grey areas that you don't often get to use a lot. Because mm. you know? I can train at one gym for X amount of years and go to another gym like far out. I never got to cover this at my gym. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. It's just that you know that gym specialised in that and that was their style. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So it's good to like cover those grey areas. Like For instance, at Stamble well- Jitsu... Baron Bolas, what's that? I go to Brenton's, it's Baron Bolas City. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool. funny. So it's nice. Dude, because remember, remember when I came to your house that yeah. night and it was Brenton, me, you, and then one other guy, yeah. and forgive me, I forget his name. I can't remember his name either, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, he was a white belt, so it doesn't matter. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, even at my time at Kaizen, uh, in Sydney at high jiu-jitsu yep. I've, I've been to sustainable jiu-jitsu a little bit as well yep. and I've never really had people do barambolos yep. I mean like I've done a, a couple of guys um, yep. at Kaizen will do them yep. but other than that not really yep. and then I obviously in your garage that day man I was just and we had we were doing rounds so yep. there's three of us so there's three rounds yeah, five minutes yep. and we did like four or five rounds yeah, right? we were going for ages yeah, yeah. and um, Brenton was just Bowling the yeah, fuck out of me, man. I, I, yeah, and I at, love it. at first, I was just completely, um, just oh, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you know, and I and I'm not kind of I don't really have a game where like if I'm unsure, I'm just gonna blast my way through shit. I don't yeah. do that. I'll just yeah. kind of I'll just go with the move. Yeah, and kind of try and feel it. Yeah. And after a few rounds, all of a sudden, I've rolled twenty minutes with him. Yeah. And I've gone through his kabib. Bolo rinse, yeah. rinse washing machine yeah, cycle yeah. about yeah. 50 times That's now. Good it, it is pretty much a rinse. Yeah, so I've yeah. started to naturally kind of like get a feel for like, oh, okay, like if I, if I, I, I noticed if I let go and I don't tense as much, it's hard, my body's like dead. Yeah. If I like just let it go yeah. limp, yeah. it's harder for him to yeah, of like course. throw me over. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I was able to start sort of not. I'm not saying I killed his game, of course not. He's yeah. a brown belt and we're yeah. playing for fun. Yeah. But I was able to sort of make him work for it more and start to figure out how, my way around how to prevent it. Oh, yeah, of course. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I always, like, I always encourage people, you know, that's a good thing about cross-training and visiting other gyms because you get to train those grey areas that you might often mm. not get to train, like Barambolos. Some gyms are really good at leg locks. and like, oh, sweet, now I can, like, work my lay lock defence. Some gyms are really good at 
um, takedowns, or sweet, I can work on my takedown defense when I work with these guys. So it's always good to cover those gray areas. So that mm. way it rounds your game up more. And you're learning as well. So you're getting more experience yourself. You're learning more. You're getting to see things more for their perspective. So you're, you only just, can only just get better. Mm. So it's really cool. That's part of the um, selfishly the whole podcasting of, during COVID. Like it was easy. It was easy to jump on Zoom and not leave my house oh, and, and do a couple. Sure. Like that was easy. Uh, but I, like for the sake of the podcast, it's, I think it's more natural to have a conversation with someone who you've met, you've talked to in person. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm able to, I'll, att- I'll attend a class, get to do roles, do the podcast afterwards. Yeah. Or even um, a private. So me, I was scheduled to do a private one day with Brenton after we yep. were at your place that time. Yeah. And so I went out, I drove, sorry, I was scheduled to do a podcast. Yeah. So what I did was I drove out to his house. I actually paid for a private because yep. I wanted to do a private because remember he showed that um, the, um, butterfly guard pass, yep. which I still use today. Yeah, six. And, yeah, he, and yeah. he did a private with me on pretty much that pass and then a bunch of other options. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that, I, that's pretty much my butterfly game now. Yeah. Or getting past it based on what he showed me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to do the podcast because he had to he had to go to work. It yep. ended up something came up and he had to work. Yeah. But he's on the list. Oh yeah, he was just great. And, and the good thing about Brenton, for guys that have seen Brenton coach or train with him, he's just, he's just like he's very charismatic. He's a natural talker when it mm. comes to coaching. He's really good articulate. I always mm. call him uh, Mini Roy Dean because <laughs> if you see Roy Dean, you look at Brenton, they look very similar. They got the very same coaching style. The very first night, I actually went uh, met up with Brenton and went to. Um, check out one of his classes when he was coaching. I was like, Brandon, you remind me so much of Roy Dean. And he goes, bro, he's like my idol. He's like the guy I used to watch all the time when I was like younger. I was like, that actually like means a lot to me to finally have my coaching style compared to like Roy Dean because he loves Roy Dean. Yeah. And they're very, very similar because him and Roy Dean, they talk very similar when they coach. Very um, articulate and well-mannered kind of voice patterns and um, use of words. So that's why I always call Brenton Mini Roy Dean. Mm. I will touch on Roy Dean in a second. Yeah. But I was going to say about, like, just, I, I kind of got off track talking about Brenton there. But my point was, um, with the podcast, like, I'm getting to, tr- a lot of the people that I've had on the podcast, I've gone to their gym and then trained with them. And, yeah. and a lot of them are more experienced than me. Yeah. So I'm learning from everyone. Yeah. And even when they're, and even if they're not too, you know. Yeah. But it's just been, yeah, it's. You get to go around to heaps of different gyms, yeah, train with heaps of different yeah. people, share your passion with other people, yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Like, what what is there to yeah, it's, it's, hate it's, about? Yeah, it's freaking, hate about that. It's, it's freaking fun. And, you know, and it's fun for you. It's fun for other people because they get to get to roll with something different. Yeah. You get to make, like, cool friendships and connections. So it's always cool. It's always good to, like, roll on different mats as well, on different space. So, um, you know, I always think of it as, like, when you're a kid, it's like going to a, a different park. Or yeah. Like a skate park. You're like, oh, sick, there's a new slide here I've never been on. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's, that slide just hurt me. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's kind of like that. So, it's, uh, that's the cool thing about it. So, that's yeah, good. It's I was, good. I was speaking of hurting, um, not physically, but mentally. Yeah. I, that Lee Berger, when I went to Grappling Techniques, which yeah, yeah. is the recent episode I just put out this week. Yeah. Bro, I was stuck underneath that guy for like 20 uh, minutes. From, from what I hear, he's got an incredible shoulder pressure game. Yeah, and he was very he was very good with um, when he was passing my guard yeah. and I'm framing on his hips. He yeah. had a very good understanding of like when to when to switch his knees under to kill my arm oh, nice. or when to roll the hips over oh, to, nice. kill, to kill it on the other side. Yeah. And so I just, which was something I've been, 
I've been learning and playing with that through yeah. the um, one of the crossbody the crossbody program I've yeah. been doing, and so to see to see a black belt use that on me like yeah. very effectively, oh, sweet, and just basically melt my frames, yeah, and then just. Well, he's, he's was, been in the game for a long time. Um, he was very good. It was nasty. Yeah. Well, he's one of the West Coast originals, so yeah. you'd expect that. <laughs> yeah, no, he was good. Yeah, and a good dude too. Oh, sweet! Sounds good. Um, so I was going to ask. What I was going to ask you, Jamil. Mm-hmm. Actually, before I ask you that, I'm going to say Roy Dean. For anyone who obviously we all know who Roy Dean is, but if you check out his YouTube channel, he's got some really cool stuff. Great content. Uh, the thing I like, he does the. Um, you know, the path to black belt and yep. things like that. But the thing I like is he might do um, white to black belt, but triangles or white to black belt. Arm bars. Arm bars. Yeah, there's white to white black kimuras. And, yeah, and you don't have, you don't necessarily have to study it completely, Yeah. but you'll probably watch a 15 minute video and see a couple of kimuras that you've never seen before. You'll just get mesmerized the way he does it. And he's like speaking the background and it's very articulate. Yeah. And it's got the background music just like so... Um, yeah. So let's freaking sit and you just get mesmerized. It's really, really cool. You see all the setups he uses. Um, but yeah, they're very entertaining. Brenton loves them as well. Was he, was he's been, I watched a podcast of him recently. James did one. It was, was that, ja- that was James. Yeah, was yeah I watched James. that. I watched that. That was good. Yeah, because they met while well when James was in America. So they, 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 there's, that's the link there. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And we're both under the same like lineage. Like, cause he's under, um, Jomera as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's the link right I didn't, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's Roy Dean, Roy Harris, Joe Marrera. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah so we're, yeah. So me and James, we're like the great-grandchildren, and Roy Dean, he's like the great-great-grandchildren of, Roy, <laughs> of Joe Marrera, if that makes sense. But we're all on the same um, lineage line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. understood, understood. That's good. What, so what I was going to ask you about, uh, which I was actually really interested, was oh, the... Yeah. So to preface this, yeah. I had initially scheduled in a podcast with Max. Okay. And... Um, Uchi Maxwell, everybody from Perth probably know who he is. Max. He's been doing a lot of wrestling with his jiu-jitsu. He's like a lot yep. competition-focused. Yep. One of my favorite training partners in Perth, for sure. Yep. Um, and he was going to go to, what was the, the recent competition? The SGT. Yeah, Submission Grappling Tournament. Yep. Uh, and he, and yeah, I was interested to have a conversation with him about how doing wrestling has influenced his jiu-jitsu and, yep. and what benefits he's seen, if he's seen any negatives as well. Just the whole picture yep. of that yeah for sure and obviously that recent competition like i don't think he went as well as he would have liked to have gone mm-hmm. so i was like mate let's just keep keep doing your thing okay we'll touch base and then we'll sit down when you're more comfortable you can come in and have a co- yep. conversation about it then so obviously now i'm like okay jamil you competed wrestling you yeah, competed well, we, recently too yeah. and, and we've been training yeah and we train the same wrestling gym as well exactly so yeah so I, so i wanted to get get a little bit of that from you Oh, for sure. Well, I started wrestling around this time of the year, like mid-year, around winter, because I've always loved the idea of freestyle high school wrestling. Then you used to watch movies all the time, and you used to see like the American high school wrestlers. They had the singlets on, the ear guards, and I thought it was the sickest thing ever. I thought it was really cool, and I always wanted to do it, but I never knew there was any gyms in Perth that did it. Mm. And I only had to like Google it. And Gladiator Wrestling was the only gym in Perth that had a website about wrestling. There's other wrestling gyms, but there's no websites. Okay. So I can rock up to this address and I'm like, is there anything going on here? Well, with Gladiators, um, with Coach Allen, he's, he actually had a website that had class times, what the memberships are like. So I was like, I swear, I'll go with these guys. It's yeah. the only place that's got information. I've been doing wrestling with them for a year. And yeah, man, it's totally changed my game. It's completely, completely, for the better, for the better. Yeah. I freaking love it, yeah. Um, mostly the part, um, it's changed my, the way how I... Uh, my top game, like how I pass guard and how I 
certified like side controller mount. So my top game has proved 100% just by doing wrestling. Because being a smaller guy, I used to always think, oh, I'll just play guard and you know play, work my guard game. And then you know getting to the top was just a, always always the area I always struggled with. Because mm. being a smaller guy, I'll just get thrown off and get muscled off, you know. So I really wanted to get into wrestling to understand how do I use like my weights, body distribution to apply really heavy pressure. And wrestling and using certain techniques in wrestling has really helped me understand that if I do certain things, it'll make me um, make my opponent feel that I'm heavier than I already am. Mm. Or I, different ways how I can really pin my opponent down and secure the position before I go to uh, my next spot or my next sub. So, yeah, it's definitely improved my top game. The thing that I always tell people the most when people ask me about, you know, how's what do you get out of wrestling that translate into your jiu-jitsu? It's not exactly the move set wise, like the moves from wrestling into the jiu-jitsu. It's the mindset. Mm. It's the mind. Because um, what I get the most out of it is what wrestlers are really, really good at, and there's a reason why so many top-level MMA athletes, UFC champions, come from wrestling backgrounds, because their mindset and their ability to push beyond the limit of fatigue and body fatigue. Mm. That's something that all elite wrestlers have. They can push the next barrier, and that's what wrestling will teach you, especially during the warm-ups. If you can last a week doing wrestling warm-ups, you can last for anything because they're, they're freaking brutal, man. What, what's, what does a wrestling warm-up look like? Um, a lot of, like, roly-polies, flips, um, you know, um, bridging off your neck, you know, you know back bridges. Oh, uh, yeah, well, they neck. do that, like, yeah. And then you 360 around, so there's a lot of that. Because wrestling, especially the warm-ups, there's a lot, there's a lot of... Sp- flexibility involved as well so you get flexible as well um and just but the cardio wise like the standard of cardio and endurance that wrestlers have is unbelievable mm. um I've, I've seen it especially in wrestling because um, like i said you, you you're trained and encouraged to keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing when there's like two minutes left of the round there's no breaks so you just got to keep on going uh, so it's a constant grind constant push and um and that's why I always tell people what you'll get most of it is that you'll understand how to push beyond your limits and get the endurance level in. Mm. So um, like my cardio level has just gone through the roof now, or a lot better than what it used to be. Um, so that's what you get most out of it. Any um, any specific? So aside from physical and mental, yeah. Any specific uh, techniques or you know even if they cross over with jujitsu, any sort of real focus that's kind of been narrowed for you. Oh, like, um, what happens, like, you'll find certain, like, let's say pins. There's certain ways you can you can pin an opponent in wrestling, which translates to feel like wrestling. But I realize if I start that pin off in a certain way, I can finish it into a sub. Mm. So this is one um, variation <laughs> where you cut the chin wrestling and you drive in, in between their body and you turn it into a pin. I realize I can do that and I can turn it into a sub. Mm. So there's always opportunities where you can, like, finish it off as a submission, which is really, really cool wrestling. Um whether you're on, on the knees or starting from takedowns. So it's always, when you've been grabbing for a while, you can see certain areas where that, I can see that work for jiu-jitsu. I could start off, you know, how a wrestler would do it, but I'd finish it how a jiu-jitsu guy would do it. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. a really, really cool thing about it. Yeah, blending them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how, is there anything, um, so roll, like just roll, generally rolling with wrestlers or, you know, like, do they even call it rolling? What do they call it? It's wrestling. Wrestling? Yeah. Wrestling with wrestlers. Do you find that who are straight wrestlers... It's hard. <laughs> aside from it being... Okay, so aside from it yeah. being hard, do you think they're vulnerable to being choked? Um, because if you're rolling... Or attacked even? Because um, you're rolling wrestlers, because they they don't wear the geese, <laughs> mm. you're pretty much doing like a hard no-gi round with them. That's what it's like. And because they're wrestlers, they don't want to be on their back, they'll immediately will try and stay on top. 
So at, at all times. At all times. So <laughs> a lot of times when I um, roll some of the guys from Gladiator, most of the time it's like 10, 5 minutes of them just in my guard. Because <laughs> they're so good at holding top, but then they're like, oh, how do I pass guard now? Yeah. But they're really good at holding you know, side control or top game. But, but there's the other great areas that with Jiu-Jitsu guys really excel and they don't excel. Mm. Like BJJ guys, they'll excel in passing the guard, taking it back, going for the sub. Mm. Where the wrestlers, they'll really excel in holding side control, holding their mounts and keeping them flat on their back and not letting the guy have minimal hip movement at all. Mm. So that's where, you know, it's a kind of like a give and take, which is really interesting. So it's kind of like immovable object meets the... Um, the adaptable um, object. Not the adaptable objects. It's, it's from that Batman movie. It's like, you know, the movable war meets the unstoppable object. Right. That's what, that's, what, that's what I always found out when I'm rolling with wrestlers. You know, like, I can't... They're all constantly moving, but I can't move anywhere else. Yeah. So it's like a constant friction there. So that's the interesting thing about it. There you go. Yeah. How, so, uh, you, you, how long have you been training there for now? About a year. About a year, yeah, yeah. okay. And I've noticed, um, just seeing some of your Instagram videos that you put up, yeah. I've noticed like your confidence in shooting for a double leg. Oh yeah, has gone up a lot, and I, and yeah. and the same and the same to be said for Max as well. Oh yeah, Max loves his double legs and, now. It's yeah. great. And training with him at, even at Kaizen, like over the past few months, when I before I was sort of yeah. injured, I could see the gains that he'd had. Oh yeah, coming into Cause, his because I remember when Max first started coming to Gladiator Wrestling, we were still new, and then seeing how he's progressed now, his his confidence in takedowns and his overall game is changed differently. He rolls differently now mm. ever since he started wrestling. Um, and it's been really cool to see him progress um, further and further and, and change his game. Yeah. Because um, now he's just like, he's, he's a, they call him the war horse. God you know? help, yeah. I, I created that name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting that badge on yeah, my chest. Yeah, so now he's, <laughs> he's literally like a horse, which is really, really cool. He, he's, um, he was like state rugby. Yeah. Or even... Uh, cl- he was very high level rugby. Went over over east yeah. and had a um, well, scholarship. Well, I went to Aramore, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he yeah. yeah he was very very successful. Yeah, and not to mention he's quite a big dude. But for yeah. a big dude, he's very athletic. So he's yeah. like God help everyone. Yeah, honestly. you leave you leave the leg out, he'll snatch it. Bang, bang. <laughs> you can see he's got a great ankle pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt it. I felt it the last couple of times I rolled with him. I was like, yeah. fuck, all right. Yeah. All right, this guy's getting put a little bit beyond me now. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then, and with our weight difference and size difference, there's probably oh, no yeah. coming back from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. <laughs> but that's just how it goes, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, with with the wrestling yeah. and the jiu-jitsu leading up to your recent comp, Oh yeah. So you, yeah, you submission grappling, right? You're in that SDT. No, no, that was no I was comp. in the wrestling comp. That was the the United for wrestling. Yeah, I think that's the states Sorry. competition. I did know that. I'm just yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tell me about it, and tell me starting off with uh, your preparation specifically for that, yeah. and how and what yeah. what, what well, it was that, like. The United for wrestling competition. It was supposed to happen sometime, January, March, around April. I think it was April was supposed to happen, but then Corona happened, so that pushed all the tournaments back. So this tournament that happened like, like last weekend was supposed to happen a few months ago. Mm. And when they canned that, I was like, all right, stuff it then. I'll just go back to train Jits. But when I found that the tournament was back on like, um, two months ago, I was like, sweet, I'm, I want to enter that one in, in, and do that. Because I, I already actually already registered for it. So um, I might as well go through it because I already, already paid for the ticket. You know what I mean? So leading up to that, uh, basically I just had a look at the website, had a look at the weight, the weight brackets, so, um, pretty much, especially the last month, I spoke to the coach. I was like, hey, 
Coach Allen, I really want to do this wrestling competition. What do you think? And he's like, yep, sweet. You've been with us for a year. I reckon you should go for it. Go ahead. Um, but he said, if you want to do this competition, I will recommend trying to at least come down twice a week. Twice a week, regular wrestling training and focus purely on freestyle wrestling just so you can get the idea of you know doing the full rounds and understand the rule set of how to get your points and how to get the wins. Mm. So I did that for about a month, um, you know, t- twice a week. Even when I was doing raw normal jits, you know, I rolled as if I was wrestling, you know, starting standing up, trying to stay on top, not play guard or anything like that. Um, so that was really, really cool, really confident my wrestling and all that. Um, and yeah, and the only thing that for me that I was making sure is um, keeping on weight because I registered at 65 kilos. So usually I walk around at like 66, 67. So um, picture this. So the competition was on Sunday. I went to training on the Friday night. That Friday night, I was 67 kilos. I was like, oof, I gotta, lo- I gotta lose at least two kilos. I get 65 on the dot um, to make sure I'm 65 on the dot on the day because uh, they take it very seriously. If you're like half a kilo over or one kilo over, that means I have to compete in the weight division division above which is 72 kilos which is a massive difference. which is a huge jump yeah it's a huge jump those guys are monsters I was like, it's nah. like 10 percent body weight oh yeah and it's a huge jump and 72 division for freestyle wrestling in perth is stacked that's like the best of the best uh, so i was like stuff that i'm gonna stay to 65 kilos <laughs> so what i did is that that friday night training i trained my ass i worked really, really hard and coach gave me really good advice he goes weigh yourself in the morning the saturday morning and that's how you know how much you really need to work to get that weight off so I was like, sweet. So that Friday night, trained really hard, got a good sweat, had like a really light dinner. It was probably like a bit of toast or something. Didn't eat, drink or eat anything that night. And then the next morning on a Saturday, I woke up and I was 65 kilos. I was like, sweet, I'm on the dot. But I was so scared. of, but man, if I eat during the day, I might like put half kilo on and then miss weight the next day. So mm. I was like, I'll try and like at least one more kilo get to 64 just to be safe. Mm. So that day, I uh, did have breakfast, just had black coffee, had like a bit of fruit for lunch and at night only had like a little bit of pasta for dinner I drank minimal water or minimal liquids that Saturday and then on the Sunday morning when I woke up because coach said always weigh yourself in the morning because that's your base weight and mm. that's how you know how much you need to lose so the Saturday morning I woke up at 63 kilos I was like sweet so I lost basically you know two or three kilos in just two days yeah. just by like minimizing my liquid intake and having very light carb meals and a, a bit of black coffee but because I was 63 kilos I was like oh man that's pretty light because I wanted to be as heavy as I could I was like I reckon I could push it so that s- s- Sunday morning when I woke up I weighed myself 63 kilos and the weighing didn't start till like 11 o'clock so I swear I got like at least four or five hours to chill so I went down to my local cafe just down the road and ordered a big stack of vanilla pancakes <laughs> so I ate vanilla pancakes <laughs> And I was like, sweet, this will get me a kilo. Ate the vanilla pancakes. And when I got back home at like 9 o'clock to reaway myself. I was 70 kilos. <laughs> I was 64 and a half kilos. I was like, sweet, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So I was 64 and a half kilos. So I went from 63 to 64 and a half just by eating a big bowl of pancakes. Yeah. Which is good because I got to get a little bit of more weight. But at the same time, I regretted it because after the first match, I was... I was like, oh, I should have had those pancakes. <laughs> yeah, that wrecked me. I was so bloated, man. When you were thinking, I've got like two kilos to spare here, I can eat a full meal. I yeah. was not thinking that you were going to eat something that pretty much has no nutritional value whatsoever. Because <laughs> I wanted to like get, get one more kilo because I wanted to be as heavy, heavy as I could. Yeah. I don't want to be 63. I was like, I reckon I'd be happy at 64s. Because I was going to eat, I was going to order an acai bowl. I was like, nah, stuff that. This ain't a, j- a jits competition. I'm going all out. I'm getting some pancakes. So I bought like vanilla pancakes for the cafe and... 
Got my kilo. Were they any good? Support. Yeah, actually pretty good. Yeah, good. French vanilla mascarpone sauce. It was, oh. it was great. Alright, All right, let's stop the podcast. Let's go and get some pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, I thought I thought you were going to say you were in the sauna. Oh, yeah, you could do that. But I didn't really need it because I knew that I, I was like, because I know my body weight. And I understood my body. I was like, I reckon if I just limit this meal and limit this drink, I know by the next morning I'll be one kilo or two kilo down because I, I knew that my body so um but that's trick there guys know your body and take advice from your coach because your coach will know your body as well too um that's my two cents there yeah okay um i remember i'll tell you a story my very first jits comp i woke up the morning of yeah and i weigh i weighed myself and i was like <laughs> the yeah. day of i was two kilos over yeah and i went and i didn't eat breakfast yeah went into the sauna for a little bit yeah and then Got to the and like man, I, I was three months into jiu-jitsu, so I was completely yeah. unprepared, yeah. both on the mats and off. Like yeah. I was just showing up, like paying eighty dollars, just thinking like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Yeah, there's no heel hooks. Yeah, I'm a white belt. I just tap. Yeah, like what's you know like what's the worst? Yeah. Um, so I get there, weigh in. I'm still like a kilo over. Mm. So, so go to the toilets. And because it's one of those ones, like, you can weigh in, like, with your gi off or gi on. Yeah. I think. I can't even remember if I had the gi on or off. Yeah. But they, it wasn't like you weigh in once and that's your weight and then you're you're, you're done. Like, you're allowed to come back and weigh again. Uh So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. One one kilo over. I'm, like, competing in 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, literally in 20 minutes. Yeah. Went to the toilet. Did number one. Did number two. Oh, yeah. The big <laughs> and then the big power dump. Yeah, big power dump. Then yeah. and then and then fingers down the throat through. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Took a warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weighed in, made weight. Yeah. So that I was, that was a good result, but yeah. I didn't feel very well. Yeah. Went and had a drink, and then, um, then yeah, went on the mats and lost all four matches. So oh, damn. so so obviously my <laughs> preparation went very well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cool thing about jits comps. They're, they're pretty cruisy with um with, the, with weights and weigh-ins. Like, oh, you're a kilo over. That's fine. Just jump in. Yeah. They, they're actually pretty cruisy. But wrestling, because it's such a small community, and they always try to make it um as Olympics as possible, they're pretty strict with it. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. can only weigh in once, and you have to be that specific Bang weight. On, yeah. Otherwise, there's no um there's no mercy there. Oh, uh, if I if I if I was to do it again, and I needed to lose weight to make to yeah. make weight, it would be you know the preparation would be. A lot sooner. Yeah. And I, oh, of you course. Know, I've been training for five years now. Of it's course. a little bit different than three months in. Kind of like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Show up yeah, on yeah. a day and see how I go. Yeah. Didn't go well. I got, um, what did I get? I got, I lost to the guy who won bronze and the guy who won gold. Uh, I got submitted by both of those guys. Yeah. And then the other two I lost on points, but uh-huh. I wasn't playing for points. Yeah. Because I didn't even know the point system at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my, one of my only other memories from that day was uh, my mate Oscar yep. who was cornering me and absolutely fucking useless in the corner. Oscar, if you hear this, <laughs> like, just... Damn it, Oscar. You were not helpful at all. With a name like Oscar, oof. He, no, nah, he's very, very good at jiu-jitsu and that. Yep. But he, in the corner, he's he was probably more anxious than I was. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I was I was cruisy and I was relaxed about the whole thing because I had no expectations. Yeah. So I was pretty cruisy get on the mats and he was just screaming the whole time. Yeah. And we're on the ground. He was screaming out, Dars choke, Dars choke, Dars choke. Yeah. Obviously, it was the opportunity for a Dars choke was there. Yeah. I did, had no idea at that so time. I, I didn't know. Yeah. I did not know yeah, what yeah, Dars choke was. Yeah, yeah. So, and I remember, I remember obviously not taking the whole thing very seriously. Yeah. I was, 
I said back to him from the mats while in the middle of the roll. I was like, I don't know what a dust choke is because <laughs> he just kept screaming it. Yeah. And then the guy that I was tr- competing against yeah. was underneath me and he's like, I'll show you what a dust stroke is. Oh, no. Sweeps me, just, takes top just, position. Just and then, trash talking. Oh. <laughs> and then sinks one in. I managed to survive, but that was pretty... On reflection, I look back at that years later and I was like, Jesus, that's embarrassing. And I was going to say, as, um, as the great Hanata Lorraine would say, he'd be like, that's effing embarrassing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just do it right in front of you. It is what it is. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, speaking of that, I think one of the best advices my coach gave me on the Friday night about when it comes to coaching, he's cornering you, cornering you yeah. on the day. He says, oh, because you guys are new, I'll make sure I corner you. And if you've got to verse anyone from our gym, I'll you'll get first pre- preference in me coaching you. And this is Coach Allen. Mm. And he said something really profound that really stuck for me. And he goes, on the day when you get on the mat, when you've got to compete, I'll be in your corner. There's got to be a whole bunch of people in the stands yelling BS advice. And he goes to me, just listen and just focus on my voice and my voice only and you'll do fine. Mm. And that's something that really stuck to me. And then on the day, that's what I did because I thought, man, if I just do what coach tells me to do, I can't get in trouble. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what he told me to do. So everything he told me and everything I did on that day was all part of his game plan. And he was right because, you know, on the day when people are wrestling, even I was doing it, people watching on the on the stands, they'll yell all sorts of stuff, all sorts of weird advice. But as a competitor, just listen to the coach. Mm. Or the co- whoever your corner is. Or whoever the time, corner whoever's is. Cornering but you, if your yeah. corner is your head coach, that's your best bet. You yeah. know, that's your best security ticket right there. If you know your head coach is cornering you, always make sure that you, your ears are focusing to his voice and keep your ears tuned to his voice. So don't worry about you know your teammates on the stands or the other opposing teams, coach, or the random people yelling in the stands. Just focus on your head coach's voice. Mm. And if you just focus mm. on his voice, you'll do fine. And if... And not only you live fine, you'll also feel good about good as well because you know, hey, I did my best, but also uh, made my coach proud by doing, um, you know, by sticking to what he knew mm. best as well. Because uh, your coach will always know what moves work for you, what game plan works for you, and um, I always trust their second advice as well as much as my own. And because it's always good to get a second opinion, and the, usually the second opinion is often just as valid as your own opinion because they can see the outside mm. um, reflection of your game That's the, that you may not see yourself but your coach will always see more in you than you do in yourself Yeah, and that's what Coach Allen's really good he sees uh, really good at what you're capable of when you doubt it and that's what he, he said to me um, the Friday night he said just focus on my voice and my voice only and you'll be fine mm. and that really helped me on that day when that's I good. that's really good advice Yeah, just to get your, some clarity in your mind about what you're going to be focused on while you're on the mat. Yeah, because yeah, because when you're on there on, on game day, you, there's so much yelling, yeah. and, it, and it's hard to focus on on what even you're doing yourself. Because you can't even hear yourself think because there's so much yelling and screaming going on. You know, so it's like if you just focus on one one tone, one voice, then that, that does help. Yeah, and as hard as it is for like the people who are cornering as well, I think the important thing is for them to just stay stay relaxed and calm themselves, mm. and just give like short, sharp, succinct advice. Yeah, and if you if it needs to be like a, a you know technique, that's one thing. But yeah. if it, if it needs to come from a perspective of trying to create urgency, yeah, then you need to obviously convey that in your voice, but without without just basically screaming to the point of just being yeah. loud noise loud noises. That doesn't help. It <laughs> doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. help. Um, so tell me about the actual comp day you get there sorry i went way off on yeah, a tangent cool. there that's so you've weighed in you've made weight 64 and a half kilos yep. 
was happy with that. You didn't have to do number one, number two, or throw up. So you're feeling all right. I did, I did after. You got a belly full of pancakes. Yeah. Life's good. Yeah. Life's good. Tell me about how are you feeling, like leading up to your first match oh, crazy. and then walking onto we, the mat. We, we did the warm up right and then did the opening ceremony, which mm. is cool. And then after the opening ceremony, they're like, all right, guys, just go to the wall. It's a piece of paper. It'll have your names, your matches on it. Just find your name on the piece of paper and you'll mm. find who you're versing. So as I'm walking to the piece of paper to find who I'm versing, they're already calling my name up. I'm like, what the heck? So I was the very first match of the very first day. So I'm the very first one, yeah. along with this other guy um, named Tom. And I'm like, freaking heck, I'm the very first one. I haven't been able to psych myself up yet. So I'm straight on. And because um, we're wrestling, you either go where you got to be in red or blue. And I, I had a red-blue singlet on, but like, oh no, you need to change into your red singlet. And the other guy has to be in his blue singlet. So I had to like, not only that, get changed into my red singlet and get onto the mats and psych myself up or barely psych myself up. And I remembered when I got on, uh, I was like, freaking heck. And my uh, coach gave me some really good advice and I stuck to that advice. So I did eventually win that match. It was like 11-7, um, so I got the victory. But dude, I was gone. I was blazed. Yeah. Like, the, straight after the match, I, I freaking just threw my guts up twice. It was all, like, purple because I drank a lot of, like, purple Maximus that day. <laughs> so even in the video that people would have saw my Instagram story when I uploaded it, like, every time I had to get back up, I was, like, took me at least a good solid five seconds to actually get straight up to my feet because I was so exhausted. Mm. And Coach described it really good in my second match. He goes, yeah, yeah, basically what happened is that you you got one big adrenaline dump, adrenaline dump, and because of that adrenaline dump, you got, you got gassed a lot more easier than what, you know, you could have performed. Mm. Because the adrenaline came in and that kicked in and that just made my energy just depleted everything from me just being in that, um, that adrenaline. So that first match just wrecked me. And I was like sitting on the sidelines for a good half hour just still trying to recover. Um, so I was happy with that first match. Second match, I was still like gone. Mm. Like still so, so first So first match is... It's a different intensity than jiu-jitsu comp, right? Oh, yeah, different intensity for sure. Yeah. Well, because this is my first match. And like, what's the how long, What's the time limit? Like, how does it work? I th- uh, I first, I think first round's like five minutes and second round's like five minutes or second round's like three minutes. I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me that one. But I, there is it is two rounds. First one's definitely five minutes and one's like five or three or something like that. Um, yeah, but by the second one, uh, second round of that of that match, I was like, already gone. I was like struggling because I literally just used all my energy the first five minutes. Mm. By the second one, I was just like hanging on a thread, just trying to like make the la- round last and like still be ahead to yeah. the very last second, which is thankfully I did. But um, but I made the mistake by giving too much in the very first five minutes, and that's where. I, but it was good. It was a learning curve. It's not, not, then I knew. Because I remember coach still told me, "Don't give everything the first five minutes. You know." Be reserved. That way, you've got energy left for the for your next matches. But I didn't do that. I ended up just like just going for going for, for glory and just, just trying to blaze through and wreck me. <laughs> so okay. So were you, were you nervous or excited? Oh, yeah, for sure. what, what, oh I was nervous because well, it was just a huge rush of emotions. One big adrenaline dump. Didn't get to psych myself up and I just went straight in there. Yeah. But the guy I versed, oh, he was gunning gunning as well. So he was like super tough. He had like an iron clinch, man. He was a lot skinny and smaller than me. But he just didn't want to give up, and he really pushed it and really gave his best, so I really respect him for that. Um, so it was a really, really good match. Like, I started getting a good lead, but then he eventually caught up because he caught onto my fatigue, and even the, his, his coaches were like, oh, he's tired, he's tired, go for shoots, go for it, because I really was tired. You can even see on the video, I was, like, gone, and then he, he kind of exploded that, and he was catching up, catching up, catching up, and then the last two minutes, I just held off just enough, and I recovered two points just to stay in the lead. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. 
There you go. Good stuff. So se- second match. Uh, oh, I got, I got pinned in like three seconds. I mean, 30, 30 seconds because I was still exhausted. And what, what's, what defines a pin? Basically, your shoulders touch the match for like a good solid one second. For a good solid, both, both, shoulders, both flat, shoulders And you're there for at least one second, like flat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So what? there's not, hips aren't a factor in that? I mean, hips? Like pinning your hips. As a part, you have to have both. And it has to be shoulders, top okay. shoulders, yeah. upper body. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that's immediate win. Okay. For the person that's pinned you. Yeah. Otherwise, and how how do the points work? And sorry, I sound like I, um, maybe I don't I, know if people uh, don't don't quote me this, too much. But I don't, don't. Yeah, don't quote me too much on this. I'm still confused of the points. Let's say if I take someone down and he lands on his back, that's like a four point takedown. If they land on their stomach, that's like a two or three points takedown. If I push into the outside. It can be one point, but if I push them to the outside and initiate a takedown while I'm pushing them to the outside circle, it's like two points. Uh, a gut wrench or a leg lace is basically when you like ragdoll someone to turn them over. That's like two points. It mm. can continue that movement for another two points. So there's two ways you can win. Either by at the end of the full match, whoever has the most points wins. Mm-hmm. Whoever has pinned their opponent wins. Or you can win by like... Um, Let's say if you're 10 points above your opponent, let's say if I get 10 points and he's on zero, it's immediate victory for me. It's like superior advantage or, or superior win or technical win. Yeah. It's like, it's like a mercy call. So yeah, we've seen enough. Yeah. So if I get 12 points and he's on two, I win. If I get 14 points and he's on four, I win. Right. So if you get 10 points above your person, that's like an automatic immediate, win. Immediate, immediate win. win. Yeah, 10-0. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, we've seen enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so, sorry, so you, went, you won your first decision... You got pinned in the second. How did the other two go? Third one was funny because, like, <coughs> I thought I was going to call it a day. And the third one was, all right, whatever. I'll just go in and um, have fun for this one. And because I thought I was going to lose and I didn't know the guy I was versing, I didn't even bother recording on my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, just check my phone. It's not going to be a good result anyway. And the guy I versed, he was a, a Greco-Roman guy. And then f- first 20 seconds in, get him down, take down. Um, like, and I'm, my points are racking up. I'm like racking up these points. Next thing you know, I'm like, fuck out, am I winning here? Went for a fireman's, got the fireman's, fireman's takedown. Then I did what was called a date bomb. It's like they shoot for a single leg. And then what it is, I wrap my hands around their body and I pretty much just like flip it over my head. Yeah, yeah. And that was like a um, really like four point move right there. Almost pinned the guy. Which is funny because like, the match that I thought was going to lose, I ended up winning 10-0. Oh, you got, was, you got the, you got I got, the mercy. I got, I got the mercy call. And it was like in the first like minute and a half of the, of the round. I was like, sick, that was easy. And the coach was like, see, I told you, I, knew, I told you you can wrestle. I was like, oh, sick. So the one that I thought I didn't expect I was going to win, I just thought I might have some fun with and just play around and treat it like a practice yeah. was the one that I gave my best performance in. I just was I didn't get it on video because I, I wanted to see the throws that I did. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But that was really cool. There you go, so you're two and one, and then I think you finished two and two, right? Two and two, and the fourth one I reversed against um, Stephen Ersing, and he's like an animal. He's like the flower at Bantamweight champion for Eternal right now. Um, but yeah, he, he pinned me the first minute because he, he's, he's got so much wrestling um, ability compared to mine. Because this is the thing about wrestling, right? Is that compared to Jits or Muto or MMA or kickboxing, you can verse someone at the same level at you, same level, um, same years of experience, like, you know, blue belts against blue belts. Um, three fights against someone with three and fights, you know what I mean? So you keep it the same level. They balance it out. They yeah. balance it out. But wrestling, there's no no such thing. If you're in the same weight category, you're versing that dude. Yeah. So like for me, because I'm the same weight category, I could be, my, it could be my first time wrestling in a tournament versing a guy who's had 10 wrestling tournaments. Yeah. So they don't care about experience at all. It's like, if you're in that same weight category, you could be versing a guy you, who's like You can champion. get that smoke. Yeah, exactly. 
compared to like you know jits or anything else you can kind of like verse someone who's at the same level same years experience as you but yeah. wrestling if you're in the same weight nah you're versing that dude even if he, if he is like state champ so, it's your first time so that you mentioned that guy was from eternal mma right yeah eternal yeah. mma yeah. is he fighting in the october card i think so i think i'm so, not too sure i'm not so, quite sure don't quote me on that one I won't get too too much into this, but so October tenth, uh, Eternal MMA has like a um, a fight card in Perth. Yeah. And I so anyone listening as well, if you like MMA, yeah. I'm trying to get a um, VRP table. I've been because I obviously had um, Ben Vickers on the podcast, and he owns Eternal MMA. Yeah. So we're gonna well, I'm gonna try and fill a fill a table, mm. and hopefully, listeners, if you're interested and you want to um, go and watch an MMA event. And sit down with a bunch of other people, have a few beers or whatever. Sweet. Slide into my DMs or hit nice, me up. Nice, And um, yeah, we'll. I'll put some more information out on that soon and make it a bit more formal in the next week or so. But right now, I guess I'm announcing that I'm gonna try and oh, just fill a table. If you want to come, Jamil. Yeah, I'd be keen. Gotta got pay for your ticket, but yeah, I'll pay for my own ticket. I'll get my headset <laughs> on. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get my Joe Rogan on, and you know. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll you're not commentating you're, oh, you're watching I know I know but still still <laughs> I'll, I'll be armchair watching with a beer in my hand that's for oh, sure yeah I'll be keen it'll, it'll be good fun yeah. um, so speaking of um, what, was I, what was I gonna just say you just derailed my train right there yes no you're good um, so I think they Eternal MMA they had a couple of cards that were scheduled in early in the year and then COVID messed with that yeah so when I was talking to him we were chatting about yeah oh when are you coming back and I yeah. think they've got one in Gold Coast which was which is coming up one in Perth yeah so should be good <clears throat> yeah so what so so tell me this mate yes you gotta pick one pick what you, you're blending you're blending wrestling and jiu-jitsu yeah it's like kill one marry one what, oh, what, no. are, you, what, what, what are you what are you doing it's funny like I think right now at this state I'll probably pick wrestling right now, eh? Because I think wrestling right now is like, see, this is cool, and like, jiu-jitsu is just like, uh, it's like, you, you, it's like the friend that you just over, I've seen too many times, you know what I mean? You know, it's like, it's like when you get a phone call, and say, like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll chat to him later. It's, it's like that kind of relationship right now. Right, okay. <laughs> there we go. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Oh, mate. <laughs> I just want, for me, wearing that singlet is like wearing the gi. I'm like, I'm in the zone. Yeah, I got, I got some flat. Did you see my comment to you? Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, that was great. I was like, great. I'm not rolling with you if you're wearing that. Oh, but mate. You know, what did you say? You're going to wear it to no gi. Oh, mate. When you go to a wrestling school, um, wrestling gym, you know, that's all they wear, man. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. guys over wear undies are under those things and it leaves nothing to the imagination yeah um, and that's how they traditionally used to do it just, just it was just straight singlet yeah, budgie smugglers but, we, but basically budgie smugglers with overalls yeah pretty much it's like a, <laughs> one one guy one mate, he pretty much described it as like you know like a Borat outfit yeah literally like a mankini yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, it is it is yeah, yeah. yeah no it's not a good look it's not a good look I think it's great I, I, I look jack in it <laughs> <laughs> all 64.5 kilos of you <laughs> yeah pancakes <laughs> yeah sweet so um, what well, that's what I was going to ask you before I got distracted. I just remember now. Yep. Humble. Oh, yeah. I was, I was at, just at your house now, and they've got... I've actually been talking to Luke yep. from Humble Fightwear recently because obviously they released their rash guards, and that's something that I yeah, I want to um, put out some rash guards at some point myself because I cool. think it'd be cool. Um, I don't know, just a part of the journey, man. You know, yep. like do, do something. Put, put yourself out there and put something yep. out there and see if people like it. Yeah. But yeah, he he's really cool, and um, where I'm gonna do a podcast with him soon. Sweet, that'd be sweet. And you're obviously humble fight where yep. you, I think, um, Jesse Weston, yep, and um, Peaches, yes. DJJ. I forget what his name is. Josh. His actually his real name's actually Josh. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah you guys are what? What do you what, tell me? What's your role? So with basically, them? 
So Humble is 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 a, is a team. Mm. Luke Luke runs it. He does like all the admin, all the managing side of it. But Humble really is a team made out of um, Luke. He looks after everyone. Myself, um, Jeff, Jesse Weston of Essence, and um, Josh Peaches. He's um, he's kind of like he's kind of like free traveling, free rolling right now. Um, so yeah, we're, we're a team and we help promote um, Luke's brand of Humble Fightwear. But basically, pretty much. Um, we're all sponsored. We've all got our own discount code, and all we're doing is we're just trying to enrich the jiu-jitsu scene in Perth. Because you know, you, you got your other brands over east, big brands. But right now, we're trying to like do something to come out of Perth and Perth to make their own thing that's access- accessible to people that live in Perth, mm. that train in Perth, which is cool. Because like you know, with humble, you know, you can get it in like three days or two days or one day compared to some over east where you have to wait a week. And it's all direct. So we're a team. We all help each other out. We all collaborate with each other, and um, we just want to like you know bring something to the people of Perth, you know, that they might not get anywhere else and we wanna and the brand speaks of itself humble. Mm. So we wanted to create a brand that wasn't about, you know, you know, about this, about, you know, the uh the crazy side of jitsu. We wanted to show the humble side of jitsu and that's what we really try to portray in ourselves when representing the the brand and also how the product is also displayed as well, you know, with um, the logo and the design of the the rash guards and um and the uh, the gears as well, but yeah, Luke's a great guy, really supportive, and helping all of us. You know, I've done a few photo shoots with him, help promote his brand. But what I really want to do is I want to help you know Jesse and Josh um, get their exposure as well, and you know help help them get exposure to the brand as well. Because uh, I've done a lot of stuff with Luke, and I you know as much as I love it, you know I don't want to be seen to look too much like a Bono, if you know what I mean. What do you mean by Bono? Oh, South Park did an episode of Bono. Basically, you know, Bono's the kind of guy where he does so many good things for good people, but somehow still comes out looking like an asshole. <laughs> and I don't want to look like that guy, you know what I mean? So, Fuck. as much as, like, I love promoting Luke's brand Humble, it's not, I don't want to make it about me, because a lot, at the start, people thought Humble was my brand. Yeah. Like, I'm not Humble, it's, it's Luke thing. Because yeah. Luke's very camera shy, so it's like, hey, if you could be the image of Humble, that'd be sweet. I was like, alright, cool, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. want it to seem like, you know, it's my thing, and, um, you know, it's all about me, you know. But I treat it as my own, and I treat it as my own little project right now. Yeah. But I always want to help Luke and expose his brand, and help Jesse and Josh, you know, um, get their exposure as well and you know, help them you know make their name for the BJJ scene mm. so yeah it's really really cool and yeah the, the brand just speaks for itself you know so it's just a bunch of like-minded people that want to help the Jits community mm. and creates a certain culture like that humble culture mm. for BJJ for here in Perth yeah it's funny it's funny you say that because I um I, I have similar sentiments to you like with this podcast as yeah. well you know like I don't it don't want it to be all about me like I'm yeah. trying to talk to other people yeah. more so than me talk myself mm. I, in an ideal world you know what I mean yeah um, I want it to be outward facing not inward facing oh for sure but with uh, Humble I'll say I've never met Luke I, I pretty much just hit him up on Instagram yeah and then um, we're going to catch up have a coffee and then have a chat and, yeah. and do a podcast and stuff but I've never met the guy, and yeah. I was looking at uh, the gi that you put out, and I think on the bottom of the gi it says uh, th- the one that you've that's being released, just been released, yeah, or just released. To, yeah. It says through jujitsu we unite. Yeah. And I thought, and as soon as I read that, it's kind of in my mind. I was thinking about it, like saying unite. Yeah. And I don't like I don't know Luke, but I'm someone he doesn't know, and I've slid straight into this guy's DM, started yeah. talking to him. Obviously, like with the intention of having him on my podcast, because yep. like my perspective is similar in the sense that per- the Perth scene and just the jujitsu yep. scene and people in it, everyday people yep. that train jujitsu. I want him to be on the podcast and 
you know, the whole yeah. community vibe. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I'm chasing myself. Yeah. And I straight away, after we started chatting, I was like, oh, I also, like, I sh- talked about my interest in having, like, a, 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 not a line of rash guards, but a yeah. rash guard design, you know, yeah. just one for the podcast in the yeah. future. That's something that's kind of like a down the track, something I want, I want to be able to do. Yeah. And I started asking him questions about suppliers and, yeah. like, you know, how did you approach it? And we're going to go in, we're going to catch up and go into more detail. But my point is he was straight away, like happy to help you. I'll tell you oh, everything. Yeah. I'll yes. tell you who my supplier is. Yeah. I'm, I'm ha- prepared to, um, yeah. basically help. Yeah. Which was, I saw that as such like a, you know, I mean that echoes that he wants to, you know, he, he could see me if yeah. I'm, te- if I'm telling someone, Oh, I might sell rash guards in the future. Yeah. He might see me as competition. Yeah. Well, he could. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that says a lot yeah, about him right yeah. there. And then unless, you know, and Luke will tell you straight, straight up, like for Luke, it's not really about the money. Mm. Well, what Luke and myself and everyone else is trying to do, we're just trying to set up a, a new kind of culture for Perth. Mm. Um, a, new, a fresh atmosphere, a fresh face, you know, the hum, you know, humble. And that's what we're trying to do. And, um, and we love it when other Perth guys... Or want to do their own thing and like make their own brand, and we want to help them as well. So um, this is all for Perth, basically, pretty much. So mm. um, the more Perth gets exposure, more Perth scene gets better and better. It's a win for us, and it's how we look at it. At the end of the day, business is business, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we're doing this for the BJJ scene in Perth to make it more enriched, to make it grow, and to uh, make it bigger than what it is now. So that's mm. our, our main goal, right there. There you go. That's, yeah. That's, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, mate, so we are pretty much bang on an hour in. And I, I need to go to the physio. That's cool, dude. So I'm going to have to wrap that up. Yeah. Wrap it up, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Mate, it's been good to catch up again. Yeah. Uh, I like all the things you're doing in the community. Thanks, man. And uh, I will, obviously, as episodes get on and on and on, and getting to different different people, more people, people from different gyms, yeah. coaches from different gyms, all, you know, all level belts. But at the same point, I'm going to have... Uh, as the journey goes on with the podcast, like repeat guests. Oh, sweet. You're, there you go. You're one of them right now. Oh, That's cool. the second one. And we'll do more in the future. So it was good to catch up. Yeah. Good to have a chat. Uh, everybody. Last right, note. Right. So he's, there you go. Wrestling and jujitsu, they blend well together. Very well. Jamil prefers wrestling. So we are officially kicking him out of the jujitsu scene. Never to be returned If you, if you want to get a thick, huge Mike Tyson neck, just do wrestling. You... <laughs> People who've known me for a while have seen how big my neck has grown. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks very much. Right. Thank you for listening in, people. Thanks, um, everyone. If you're interested in Eternal, as I said before, and coming to the MMA event, hit me up. I'll put out more details soon and see if we can get a table amongst us, even if it's five or ten people. That'll be, be a good night anyway. So, yeah. Epic. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys.